0: We were in negotiations, investing in real estate, they're winning, they're making money.
1: What's up everyone. Welcome to the real estate educators podcast, where we provide the education you can build on. I am your host, Kevin Amos. This podcast is different than anything I have seen where we not only help real estate investors, but we help real estate creators and the content behind that investment. So we want to help more real estate investors and more real estate influencers build their wealth. I hope you love the episode. If you do, and even if you don't, please do me a favor. We're trying to build this like, give me a five star review and share it with your friend. I am excited to introduce one of our leaders uh, in pine financial group, our chief strategy officer. So lucky to have you. What's up, Brandon?
0: What's up Kevin? This is awesome. I'm super excited to do this. I think this is going to be fantastic and what a great resource for everybody. This is going to be so cool. So, like Kevin said, hit that uh like or subscribe button and let's uh let's get some interest on this thing.
1: Yeah, thank you man. I appreciate you and and I want to get into your story here. So, Brandon McKnight, you and I met in <clears throat> 2020. Um, right before COVID, and we were looking for a leader in our, in our organization, um, one, a, a new executive to help get us further and get us growing. And, and it was an interesting story because, and we'll, I'll let you share your side of it, but um, you turned me down. You, you didn't want to join at that time. Um, made me a little sad, Brandon, to be quite honest with you, because um, I just loved you and your background. Um, you got a lot of experience in real estate and managing teams and people. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Like, take us back. How? how who are you? Who, who's Brandon?
0: Yeah. So uh, I would really start with, I guess, who am I at my core, right? I am. I'm a father of two and a husband to my wonderful wife, Megan. Uh, That is part of my makeup. That is part of my DNA, and it comes through in everything I do. Uh, In terms of professionally, I've I've had a really varied career. I actually um, coming out of college, you know, it was 2001, right after 9/11, and was looking for a job. Couldn't find anything. I thought I was going to be an investment banker, and ended up working for Wells Fargo Financial uh which is no longer in business we did subprime loans so I, we would originate the loans we'd close the loans uh we'd even notarize the loans uh and you kind of don't wonder why they're not around anymore because a lot of that stuff was a little weird Um, uh, but it was actually a great educational experience for me what we would do is we would take um you know leads that came in through uh financing terms and we'd call them and we'd sell them a loan or a, a mortgage or whatever it was a credit card uh, and that really kicked off my career. From there, it, it kind of I did a bunch of different things. I ended up going back to law school. Uh, realized I, you know, I wasn't happy in my career at Wells Fargo, and felt like I wanted to do something different. And I went to law school. Immediately realized I didn't love that either. Uh, but at that point, I think my parents were sick of me saying I don't love something, so it was like you got to stick through it. you got to see it through and and just be done with it. So ended up staying in law school, finished my degree graduated, uh, ended up meeting my wife. Uh, Her father had just bought a company. And so we started, he had a sign company. So I was selling signs, commercial real estate signs. Literally, I would drive around, call real estate developers and see if they would use us for their signage needs. Uh, Did that for a couple of years. The funny thing about that, Kevin, is I remember when I started, I thought this is the last job I'll ever have. Like I'll just, my father-in-law owns the company. I'll do this for the rest of my career. This is gonna be great. Uh, very naive of me Uh, that company didn't work out he ended up closing it Uh, nothing like getting fired by your father-in-law because uh, he can't fund the business anymore Uh, but learned a ton it actually really introduced me to being an entrepreneur fell in love with it and so from that business ended up going to work for a friend who was scraping uh, the public trustee site here locally uh, and they were doing that to go do their own fix and flips. They did like two to 300 over a course of you know two or three years. Uh, and they just needed somebody uh, to come on board uh, because they wanted to turn the tool that they were using to scrape the websites into a actual application you could log into. So at the time it was called IronScope. And I'm sure you and I ran across each other at some point because I used to go to like all the real estate investment groups. And we were trying to get people to buy subscriptions to this you know website. Uh, And I did that for a couple of years. We got some seed funding from a private equity group in town, uh, did that and ended up, you know, we weren't able to make a run of it, uh, didn't have any success in terms of uh, growing the revenue. Uh, And that really just, you know, at that point, I was into real estate, fell in love with it, ended up going over to a company called PMH Financial. And PMH was an REO asset management company. Uh, And I actually joined them as the uh, vice president of internet marketing uh and that was a long time ago this was 11 years ago and internet marketing wasn't even a thing i remember going into like hand people my business cards they're like what is this (laughs) Like, what are are you talking about what's the internet internet? (laughs) exactly um but it was cool because we would generate leads for real estate agents and things like that uh we were trying to help a lot of the people that would manage the reo assets we had and we were trying to help them generate new business so did that for a couple of years. Ended up being responsible for the loan file review division. So that encompassed a couple different aspects of uh, Stewart Lender Services, who had bought PMH. Uh, we did loan file review. That included, you know, basically any kind of underwriting due diligence, uh, servicing QC. Uh, we would do uh, the REO asset management piece, as I talked about, and then we had a capital markets piece. So we're uh, basically bolt selling portfolios and we would re-underwrite the loans to make sure that they met the buyer's criteria. And that was an awesome experience, um, wild ride. And, you know, three years I went from my largest operation being, you know, 20 people at Iron Scope to I now had 300 people in two offices, um, both here in Detroit. Uh, and then I got an opportunity to go work for a company called uh, Promatory Risk Review. They were starting an outsourcing arm of their advisory team. And so they had two components to the business. We did some anti-money laundering work, and then we did some servicing work. So once again, that servicing compliance uh, and did that for seven years. And that's actually where I met you at the time I was with IBM uh who had bought promontory and you know i gotta tell you kevin i I regretted you know i regret to this day not saying yes to you sooner uh but my wife always tells me you know listen you had some lessons to be learned before you were actually ready to make the jump and so it's all worked out in the end uh and joined you guys here in august uh ended up taking over our investor relations our marketing team uh and you know just plugging in wherever i can help out so it's been an awesome ride and wild career. I would have never been able to script it out by any means.
1: Yeah. I want to do, there's a lot I want to dig into yeah. here, Brandon. But, um, so the, the, the rejection I felt right. in 2020 <laughs> and you, you decided to leave IBM anyway, like, right. so I was trying to pull you from them right. and, um, I felt I had a solution to all of your, your gripe and you did. And, like we could we could do this thing together and and so from 2020 you left you left ibm anyway and then you went to another yeah company that gave you even more experience in real estate yeah
0: yeah so i'm glad you you touched on that thread so i you know, I kind of like black that period out because it's like, it was crazy. So for all the listeners out there, I always tell people I had a couple of cups of cups of coffee at two other stops before I got here. It's always easier to say I went from IBM to here, but uh, to Kevin's point, actually the first stop I went to Cherry Creek Mortgage and they were building a company called Found It. And the idea was they wanted to go direct to consumer for all of their relationships. Like the idea was to say, Hey, we're a mortgage company, but we would love to own the relationship with you from searching on you know, the website to try and find a property. So we had internal CSRs making phone calls. If you'd save a search on our website to getting property insurance with us, to doing your title work, to funding your loan. The idea is we we're going to own the relationship stem to stern uh, and try and build a business around that. Uh, I was with them literally for like two to three months Got a call from another real estate opportunity. A guy uh, reached out to me and they were doing tax lien sales. So they are the source for actually, you know, posting those tax lien notices, uh, doing the due diligence to make sure that we would reach out to prospect, you know, potential interested parties and give them a notification that this property was going to be sold at auction. Uh, And ended up doing that for man, I was maybe four or five months uh, and just realized for me, it wasn't necessarily the right fit. Uh, The owner of that business uh, had a clear path of where he wanted to take it. I also recognize my life at that point that I was looking for something different. Um, One of the things I love about working with you, Kevin, is you are totally up to like, hey, if you have an idea, let's do it. You know That previous experience was very much, I know the best way to do it. Let's just do it that way. Uh, And that's not really who I am, right? Like, you know, we're here to learn and grow. And that's why I'm super excited to be on the show, because I think there's things that I can learn, right? Here I am at 43 years old, and I'm learning more about real estate at this stage of my life than I've done through all these other stops, right? Like I've been through a ton of different real estate stops, and I'm still learning like, oh, I had no idea that that's how that works, right? So pretty cool. But the tax lien piece is very interesting. It's a fascinating business to be in. Yeah,
1: and maybe we could dig in there, but you said something that that I I find interesting, and I've... I've found this with other people that we've worked with and hired and team members, like they realtors, we, I mean, for some reason, real, real estate agents and licensed people really are attracted. And they always tell me like, we le- even in our classes, I learned so much more from you than I did in all of this real estate school that I had to go and pass a test for, Right. Um, it's just such a different, the industry that we're, we work in is so different than anything else that's really
0: out there. Oh, totally. Uh, and I think we get to see so many dips, different types of deals that it's like there's always something new. There's some nuance to it, right? I think that a lot of times people have this feeling that real estate is just very plain and simple. And I think that like on this this end of the business, it is really not, right? I, I think having started my career at Wells Fargo, where you know this is going to probably make some people laugh, I remember our underwriting criteria was like an approval came from just your manager, and it was like. Does this look good? And you'd be like, "Yeah, it's fine." <laughs> Whereas, like, you know, here we are today, and there's all these different variables that we look at. You know, I know in this business, we're looking at the deal more specifically in the way in which people structure the deal, the financing terms, their exit strategy. We're seeing the full facet of it, right? We get to touch every aspect of it, uh, and it's just so interesting to me, and and the creative ways that people get these deals done, and and looking at a deal to say, "Hey, does this make sense?" and you know it's like we see so many that come our way that it's just an awesome opportunity to just be in the middle of all of that,
1: yeah, and we I was talking to Coop earlier, um one of our loan officers, and he was telling me how he helped a client um, restructure a deal to be more profitable and make it to be something that we want to fund, yeah, and to have a team member or trusted advisor like what we provide to our clients to help you structure a deal and mentor you through it i mean that's really what this is about i mean this podcast is about helping people yeah like how do how do the educators that are out there the influencers that are out there help their people um, and that's a great example and, and we live that
0: yep absolutely and i would say like at my end of the business obviously you know i guess for people who don't know me being in charge of investor relations i'm on the phone with a lot of our investors and our passive fund which are, these are people, you know, more often than not, they're like, hey, I've done some fix and flips. I, I would like to do some other investment vehicle. That's not your traditional stocks, bonds, whatever it is. And so we raise money around, you know, providing people an 8% return by investing in our our fund five. And that's an investment vehicle that like, I can't tell you, Kevin, how many times I talk to people and they're like, I never thought about that. Right. And as soon as I start t- telling them, you know, the benefits of it, they're like, well, interesting. So, wait, I can get 8%. I don't have a lockup period. Um, the bit, And then I explained the business model, right? Super simple. We borrow money at 8% from private investors. We turn back around. We lend it out at 12 to 13%. So, it's not like this isn't rocket science. This isn't like guessing at the stock market where you're like, oh, the valuation came in great. What's crazy right now in the market is like, we get good news and the market goes down, right? And it's like, hey, you know, unemployment's low. And people are like, mm going down <laughs> i love it i'm
1: just i mean for the people who aren't watching the video i'm like got a big old smile on my face and i'm like nodding in agreement because everything you're saying is so true you yeah. it's funny because we talked to jared and he, he jared's a coo we talked to him and he says uh oh this isn't simple this, this, this is so simple and you and i are like dude we borrow an eight we lend it 12 this is so simple everyone wins
0: <laughs> exactly i tell me that all the time i'm like well, let me explain first the core of the business. And once they get that, they're like, oh, yeah, I see how this could be a good investment, right? You're just playing yeah. in that space.
1: So it's pretty it's funny. So funny. Now, clearly there's more to it. We were very careful yeah. with the underwriting and the servicing and all that, but Yeah. At a macro level, it's, it's pretty simple. So you and I agree on that. It just cracks me up because Jared's like, Nope, Nope, Nope. nope.
0: It's super complex. I love it.
1: The real estate educators podcast is brought to you by pine financial group. Pine financial group is a private lender specializing in value, add bridge lending for real estate investors. This is accomplished by raising private money from individual investors and lending that money out in short term real estate loans. Pine operates one of the coolest public mortgage funds on the market because it brings consistency and security to your investment portfolio without giving up on returns. The fund pays its investors a flat 8% return with monthly distributions. There is a low minimum investment and no lockup period. That's right, you can request all of your money back at any time without any fees. Diversify your portfolio out of Wall Street and into Main Street with the Pine Financial Group Public Fund, PFG Fund 5. Find out more at pinefinancialgroup.com. That's pinefinancialgroup.com. All right, I want to ask you about the Wells Fargo thing because this is something I find very interesting. So you worked in the subprime um, Mm -hmm. back before the crash and it was really high pressure sales environment. And clearly that didn't work because, well, they're not here. Um, Pine Financial and a lot of the listeners on here, we, we really focus on adding value to our clients. There's, there's really no high pressure selling at all. Um, so tell me a little bit, compare a little bit about your experience at Wells Fargo compared to an environment where it's like, hey, you can work with us or not. There's no pressure. Yeah. What's the contrast so- there? Like, how's that? Yeah,
0: it, you know, that's one of the things I love. One of the things, when I always talk to investors and we start talking about this investment, one of the first things I tell them is, I'm not trying to sell you. This is an, either an investment option that works for you or not. Well, when I was with Wells Fargo, so we had metrics that were like, I, they could see how many calls I made that week. We would do these things called power hours. So you'd lock yourself in this little private booth and you'd spend an hour just making phone calls, right? And to the point where I remember I first started, I had this manager walk up and I'm staring at the phone, right? You're young in your career. I'm probably 22 at the time. And he sees me staring at the phone. He starts dialing because he's like, You're staring at it. What are you doing? Like, you just need to start making phone calls. And so, Kevin, I would get like hung up on because these are people who went to a furniture store, got a credit card. And here I am, 22 year old Brandon McKnight, trying to pitch them on a whole mortgage, right? Hey, I'm going to refinance your property. Uh, And, you know, it was like, it was a lot to take in. Whereas that's not our strategy. You know, this is truly here at Pine. We look at it as, This is a partnership. So, whenever somebody does invest with us, I always tell them, thank you for the partnership. You know, we view ourselves, we know, I shouldn't say view, we, you know, take on the responsibility of being a fiduciary for our investors and we want to make sound investments. And so, we really want to make this right for everybody. And I'm, you know, the fact that you and I talked about this, we'll tell people, no, hey, if this isn't a good investment for you or you need the liquidity, you need that cash back right away, it's probably not the right investment. But If you have cash parked somewhere and you want to earn more than just your like you know very minimal interest from the bank then this is a great place for you and i think that that's that's what's fantastic about it we also like having help people just diversify so you know it's night and day i i was a great learning experience i would tell everybody in their career to be involved in sales is a phenomenal experience It, it teaches you a lot about yourself humbles you uh and there's nothing like dialing for dollars I uh, get over a lot of fear. You realize, realize have to like tell yourself a story like, okay, this is not Brandon McKnight. They're rejecting. They're rejecting the offer that I have to sell, and that's okay. Um, but it was it was a great experience. I think height of that, uh, Kevin Out. this is for the listeners out there. I refinanced a lady in you know, two thousand and two, probably four times in like you know three or four months, took out like thirty grand to pop on her house. I'm convinced myself that like, I felt bad the last time I was doing it, but we had these goals that you had to hit and right, you'd get ranked on a chart and it would say top salesperson for the month and you would get that report and if your name was at the bottom you were going to be put on a performance improvement plan right that's just how it works so uh, you know it's valuable experience but totally different environment here. Gosh that's just terrible when I hear you say that it just
1: I just feel terrible like you have to go home at night knowing that you maybe didn't do the best thing for your client. And that was the expectation. I don't think, I mean, that's the extreme. I don't think anybody listening to this would feel that way. We, for the most part, believed like we will benefit if we provide enough value to our clients. Um, And so that's why we do this. That's why we do this podcast, why we do our YouTube channel, our classes, the success summit, all of these things. We just want to help people succeed. And, And if we can go along for the ride, that's, that's what we're looking for.
0: I think that that's, it's such a core part of our DNA. You know, we truly believe one of the things I love about having come here is the fact that, you know, our winning means that our investors one right? We have, they have a sound investment that they're in our borrowers, you know, our fix and flip investors, they're winning, they're making money, they're growing their real estate portfolio. And then we as a company also succeed. And that, that last leg of that is I want to make sure our employees, our staff, they succeed. I want them to grow in their careers. I want them to better understand real estate. So you know, it it truly is a part of who we are. And I just love that that's, you know, coming to work every day is easy when that's your company mantra. And that's how you behave yourself, right?
1: Yeah, we really are improving lives. Um, Okay, so let's get into the marketing stuff a little bit. We don't have a ton of time here. So iron scope didn't work out so well. Is that because (laughs) it wasn't getting enough clients, I assume?
0: Yeah. So one of the things that we realized early on is uh, I started selling a subscription to that website. And so I was hitting up all the public trustee auctions, right? I'm walking around, I'm selling subscriptions. That wasn't a big group of people, right? Like that was a group of, you probably had like the same 20 to 30 people were at each of those auctions. So like, you know, in two weeks I had hit up that the whole database of people that we thought would want it. uh, And then we were trying to sell it to real estate agents. Well, the mistake we made is that you know a lot of real estate agents, and I'm, I don't want to be too general here, but it's like you know the majority of the real estate agents, you know, do it because they know somebody and they want to sell their house, or it's an, a, a like a passive way to make money. They're not cold calling, dialing for dollars. That's not like that wasn't part of their strategy to say, oh, here are all these homes that are in pre foreclosure. I should go get that as a listing, right? Like that totally different you know situation there. And so one of the big things we learned is um, I would say. Are The people we were selling that subscription to wasn't a, a wide enough or deep enough pool. In hindsight, what I know now about websites and things like that, we should have given the site away. Let people just have access to it, get users on it, and get people's feedback to say, hey, I just love being on the site. There's value in that. So those are one of the things that I learned early on in my career. It's like we had the wrong mentality. We were chasing $20 subscriptions when the true value would have been just eyeballs on the website. And the amount of foreclosures we had, because we had probably like 60% of the U.S. on the site at one point. And it was crazy. We had spent a bunch of money to do that, but only this small population of people had access to it.
1: Oh, so crazy. I, 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 all these times we've talked about this, I've never thought about this, but you're right. The eyeballs, whether you get a subscription or not, you could still monetize that with advertising on the.
0: Yeah, And we didn't so- even do it. It's like, you know, so the guys we started that business with, I, you know, I always tell them, like, how foolish were we, you know, a couple of 25 years old, 25 year olds that were like, wrong focus. So, you know, I think that that's for the value there, people should always take a step back and look at what are you really trying to achieve? And is that the right focus and be really like, it's taught me, you know, made myself very self-aware of like, just because you have strong convictions about a path you're on doesn't always mean it's the right path. So be critical of yourself, right? Think about whether the opportunity really is and focus on that.
1: So interesting. And you had a competitor at the time. Mm -hmm. So we're we're recording this from Colorado. We're right outside of Denver. Um, And the competitor was a company called Mm ReadNav, who I know the owners of pretty well, or they were the owners. I think he got out, but they had a different philosophy on marketing their software than you guys did. I saw them at lots of conferences speaking i saw them doing classes i saw them providing value to their their clients as far as education and content which is what we're talking about here
0: did you guys do any of that no none of it i mean we hired a salesperson we were trying to sell to investment groups we did some work with title companies but you know their strategy at Renab was awesome And the funny thing is i remember seeing them all the time at the auctions and i was kind of like you know our website, our platform is so much better. Like it's like the old you know VHS versus Betamax scenario. like we we had probably spent we had a higher quality product in my opinion, but we we didn't do it the right way. And to your point, it wasn't about education. It wasn't about value. And that goes back to my point of we should have just made the site free because you know, just looking at it from that standpoint, you would have created an inherent value in the website in that data uh, versus trying to sell a twenty dollars subscription. So, you know, we were marketing to people, but not the right way and not a, a good way to get generate enough interest.
1: Yeah. Too much focus on the quality of the product and not enough on yeah. that. The buyer, like <clears throat> no one yep. would say McDonald's has the best hamburger. Right. But they sure right. sell the most of them.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You got it. So
1: you weren't doing the education. Renav was Renev continued on, you guys went out of business. So here we are at the content creation and the and the classes and, and providing value first. So now you're at Pine and you're running the marketing department. Yeah. Um, and you know that we have a strong opinion on that. And we do the majority of our marketing in content creation. So we're content yeah. marketers basically, right? Sure. Um, which is exactly what we're doing right here. This right. is that's exactly what this is. So tell us a little bit about our marketing department and what what yeah. we focus on and, and what we're doing there.
0: Yeah. So, you know, part of our uh, our approach with marketing is, like you said, it is content creation, right? It's value add. So ironically, right, here we are as value added lenders. We, that's how we feel about marketing ourselves, right? How do we give you more value that we generate interest? So, so much of what we do is centered around educational, like we, we have our LOs teach classes. From a marketing perspective, it's all about the events or educational tools that we put on. It's our YouTube channel, it's this podcast, it's all of those things. And, and Callie, our marketing manager does a great job of really keeping that at the forefront of what we're trying to do. She always challenges us to say, what are we trying to teach, right? What are we trying to, what's the goal of this, right? And so you really have to hone in on that messaging to say, okay, are we doing this in a self-serving manner or is it actually for the benefit of others? And the goal is always making sure that people find value in whatever we're producing and not just you know pushing stuff out to push stuff out. So it, you're not seeing us spend a bunch of money. I have not come to you, Kevin, and said, hey, I want to spend a bunch of money at this conference and we just want a booth. That's not really our MO, right? I will come to you and say, we want to host an event, right? And we want people yeah. you know, to come to one of our classes. We think that that's a great forum for it. And so, uh, you know, Callie's great at looking at all that stuff. And then we have our regular content drip. So for anybody who's subscribed to this or any of our other channels, we're consistent, right? The whole goal is to make sure that you can rely on that content being out there. And it's why we build a library of all these things on our website, go take a look. It's all about the tools you can get access to for free. And then we give you something every week to just say, hey, here's something else. Have you thought about this? So. Pretty cool. I love it. You know, it doesn't feel like your traditional marketing in a sense of, hey, I just want to promote a brand and you know we're just going to do that however it works. Now we have a very dedicated and focused approach to saying we're going to give you something of value so that it, you're, you want it right.
1: And and I learned this early on. Gosh, it was maybe even right before I started Pine. I was still working with Susan at the time. She was mentoring me in the private money lending business and. I was so focused, Brandon, on on getting the next deal, similar to your experience at Wells Fargo, except for the pressure wasn't coming from a boss. It was coming from like trying to protect my family and put food on the table and a shelter, you know, and and yeah. so it was just, I got to close a deal. I need that commission. I need that commission. I need that commission. And, and a lot of people find themselves stuck in that world. Yeah. Salespeople do, do, right? Because I really need that that transaction, but what I learned was when I was able to shift my focus from myself to my client, I just started making way more money. It was crazy. So I would tell someone, I'm sorry, I can't do the deal for you because you're not going to make money on it. I would be the only one that makes money if if I do this deal. And I'm just not willing to do that anymore. Once that shift happened, I'm telling you that that changed everything for me. And so that's kind of why we built Pine the way we have. Um, And so for those of you that go to the website and get the free resources or go to the YouTube channel and and watch the videos, please know that we would love to do business with you. We would love to invest with you, earn that 8%. We would love to do a loan with you, but we really more than that want you to be successful. Um, I want to ask you about maybe one specific thing that we do. Um, we talked to Jared a little bit. We talked to Coop, but this, our, our favorite event, what we do, we love, we get the most value from is an annual event in Minnesota and Colorado. It's the largest of its kind in either market. So tell us a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, so the Investor Success Summit, right? It, it, what a great opportunity where we put on four local investors in those markets, Colorado and Minnesota, where it's just tons of information about how to get started in this business, you know, Kevin. I one of the things we've talked about over the years, right, is just you know the value that you get when you invest in real estate, right? It is a transforming tool to create wealth. And one of the things I told you when I, you know, said I wanted to come work here, said I want to create wealth, uh, and real estate is one of the best ways to do that. And so the investor success summit is all centered around that. How do you get started, right? Like, what are the questions you have? We even do some information on the market if that's making you nervous. We do, we cover it stem to stern. I mean, anything from what not to do on your first fix and flip to what's the right structure to set up for my, you know, my children and a family trust and all these things. I mean, those are two different ends of the spectrum from where you're at, uh, but we think it's all relevant and we do it, you know, it's an all day event. Uh, and I had a blast going, you know, this year I and mean, attending that event. It was super motivational. Uh, you know, one of the things I, I feel like I personally took out of this is, you know, I grew up in a family that had rental portfolios, and I talked them into selling them. I'm, I'm now kicking myself, uh, but it's, you know, really getting into that space and encouraging people to do it. And so, if you're looking to, you know, dip your toe into the water, better understand how to get started. The Investor Success Summit is fantastic. And then, if you're an experienced investor and you're like, hey. You know, you want to talk to some other people who are really doing a lot of different deals, see different structures, uh, get great education, market awareness. The Success Summit is just fantastic for that. And uh, I'm super excited for the one this year and, you know, excited to be a bigger part of it. Last year, I was on the sidelines, just working the back room and helping people get situated. So looking forward to it this year.
1: Yeah. And we get a lot of value from this. We get a lot of people that show up if they're, New to us, and we haven't met them before. We get their email address. and of course, we talk a lot on this channel about building that database and how valuable that is. So doing an event like that, even partnering with other people to help create that. When we started this thing, we had two partners, the owner of your castle and the and um, his name was John Fisher. There's a fantastic breakfast club that is in his legacy, still going strong in Denver. Uh, but it was those two and me that started that thing and and I wouldn't have been able to do it without, without them. so I Encourage you if you're out there creating content to team up and share your list, share your database, and, and then everybody can can benefit. So that's how that got started. And, and Brandon, now we're we're doing it every year. It's the biggest event of the year in each of the markets, and it's it's a blast.
0: Love it. And that's you know similar to this podcast, right? It, it's all about education. So as much as you can educate yourself, people, I, I think that. I mentioned earlier in 43, I've learned more about real estate in the last couple of months than I probably had in a, you know, in a long time, uh, understanding different aspects of it. I, I just think that's fantastic. And, you know, I don't know about people out there, but I'm a lifelong learner. You know, I love one of the things that we challenge each other to do is, you know, read one book every quarter to just, you know, focus on yourself. It's all about, you know, growing, you know, your own mind, spirit, body, and soul, all that stuff, right? I'm a big believer in it. So I uh, love the fact that we're doing this podcast. I think it's going to be fantastic i got one more
1: question so i'm going to start asking a little random question of all the guests that come on the show totally out of the blue something you haven't expected you're not expecting but what i've found is successful people like you typically have a morning routine something that they do pretty much every single day i know the the most successful people that i know friends and mentors and all that all have that so walk me through your routine
0: yeah i i'm a big believer in this i you know i have a business coach i've had one for a couple years and one of the things that he really was uh pushing me to do when i first started working with him is you know to get your mind right to start a day so i get up pretty early in the morning um, but i spend probably the first 20 to 30 minutes uh doing a couple different things so one uh i actually pray and say thanks for everything that i've been given um i i think it's just a phenomenal thing and i think about uh, my my wife and kids and how awesome that is. And then I spend some time in thought. I do a lot of like reflecting on, you know, who I am and how I can get better. Um, and I really, I, I'm very critical of like decision-making. Hey, I could have done that better yesterday. Uh, how do I get better today? What are things that are on my plate that I need to get off? Uh, and so I'll spend, like I said, a, the routine really is get up early, spend a little time in prayer, you know, sometime probably 10 to 20 minutes and just, and then I end it with actually positive affirmations. That's something I actually had been missing. And then I joined Pine and heard Coop say that. And it was like, yeah, let's get the day started on the positive foot of saying, what are all the great things that I'm gonna will into existence today? So I'll do that. I, and I've run through a list. I literally, and I count them on my hands to make sure I do all of those things to make sure that today is gonna be awesome. And right, like I, that's what I always end with is, today will be a great day. And I say it five times. And I do that for each one of the affirmations.
1: Dude, I got chills just hearing you. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I didn't know that you're were, you were doing that. We do yeah. talk about the power of the law of attraction, the power of positive thinking. and We talk about that kind of stuff in this office. We all believe that. Um, so that's really cool to hear that you're doing that. Um, was there, yeah. I guess we're going to have to wrap up here. We're running short on time. Um, I really appreciate you coming on the show newer show and we're going to have to have you back because i want to dig into that morning routine a little bit more
0: yeah absolutely
1: i love the uh the gratitude exercise and, and some of the benefits that you experience from that and, and i want to hear more about um your what is the what's the last company with the foreclosures and the tax liens civic, oh yeah Civic Source. source. and Civil i want to hear more yeah. about that um, and then we want to dig into a little bit more about our YouTube channel and that kind of thing and what you and Callie are working on. So let's have you back on when we when sure. when we when we get some time now, but I really appreciate you coming on. Is there any last words?
0: Yeah, I just want to say, you know, for anybody out there listening, we're super excited. We always want your feedback. So, you know, give us topics you want us to cover. We're open to that too. And I just want to say thanks for having me on the show, Kevin. And thanks for hiring me. First of all, I probably should have started with that. So, you know, I appreciate it, right? Thanks for finally saying yes, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely.
1: No, you're great. So I appreciate you and we'll check
0: you later. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks.
1: Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you did, please be sure to follow and leave us a review. Oh yeah. And tell a friend.